Hello and welcome to another episode of The Advantage. I am your host, Michael Fiddle. Today is Friday, December 8th, and on today's pod, we are breaking down the entire Week 14 DFS board. I will be joined in about 60 seconds with the King, Mike LaFemina, as we go through our normal Saturday show, but we're actually recording early. It's actually Thursday night right now, and uh, I got a visitor. He's got, I think, a trip or family in town, so we are going to break down the DFS board a little bit early we will give you a preliminary core for some spots to watch, some key decision points to go through. We've had the prices for a few days. We have injury reports starting to mount up. It's actually kind of a big injury week, so that's going to be a key point in a lot of these discussions. And we will break down everything and get you prepared to win the Millie Maker this weekend. Uh, before we get started and bring him in, let me remind everybody to rate, review, subscribe on whatever podcast platform you are listening to. To follow me on Twitter at Fiddles Picks to and to sign up for my free gambling newsletter, the fiddlespicks.substack.com. I feel like most people are all, all subscribed to those things already. Let's bring in Mike LaFemina. Mike, you can also follow him too at MLafem10. How you doing, Mike? How you doing this week? It's nice to see you midweek. It's yeah. supposed to the our weekend show. So it's a little change in the process, but that's good. Uh yeah, doing good. Uh, coming off a little bit of a stinker of a week last week, so looking to rebound here. Talk about uh, stinkers of a week. We are also recording this during the second half of the Steelers-Patriots uh, <laughs> game in which we are both salty. We, there's some strong salt in this video chat. It's some pink Himalayan sea salt, the strength of this salt. Uh, I played the under 33, 31 points scored in the first half. Mike is on the Steelers defense against Bailey Zappi and the Ramondre Stevenless Ezekiel Elliott led Patriots two Hunter Henry birthday touchdowns in the first half, a bomb to Juju Smith-Schuster. I mean, I'm sure everyone listening is having like a few days past this game, but honestly, Mike, fuck that. <laughs> yeah, fuck. It's gross. It's gross. No, no one wants to hear about your fantasy team, but like, yeah. Uh, it's it's my one league where it's like close whether I'm going to make the playoffs or not. And I have Pittsburgh's D going. And of course, they're getting lit up by the stupid Patriots. It's just I hate it. It is this time of year where we start to realize which one of said fantasy teams is truly the most important one. Because yeah. you're like, I want to just only root for the one that's close to making the playoffs or whatever. I actually only had one and one season long fantasy team. And I, too, am on the verge of a playoff spot. So. Big week. Let's hope uh, Jalen Warren doesn't do much in the second half. But let's talk about this week 14 DFS board. Uh, yes. I have already released, Mike, by the time this show is released, I've already released the Best Bets podcast. So make sure anyone listening to this goes and checks that out. You can get information away. Some of these totals are moving, which is supposed to be a very high scoring game, which is going to be a low scoring game, of course. All that could be hogwash if we get another Steelers New England situation where it's just totally off script. But back to the well this week where we got the main quarterbacks on the board. Josh Allen back in the building. Patrick Mahomes back in the building. Uh, Jalen Hurts will not be on this slate, but we do have Lamar Jackson, CJ Stroud, Herbert rounding out our top five quarterbacks and all the players priced above 7,000. That's usually our cutoff for what's considered a high spend option. Is it? Are we playing into this KC Bills game and taking Allen or Mahomes? If you wanted to play into this game, Mike, this is the best question for me to ask. If you wanted a piece of this game from the quarterback perspective, 
do you pay up for Allen 400 more or you take the seven, nine of Mahomes? It's Allen for me because I just don't trust Kansas City's pass catchers right now. Even Kelsey's starting to look a little dusty, but like Mahomes hasn't been over. He's been at or below 20 DraftKings points in four straight games. Um, he's only had one where he's had two, excuse me, where he's had 25 or more this year. It's just not the Patrick Mahomes of the past few years. There's just not a lot going on there on offense yeah buffalo's dealing with some injuries um but you know we've seen josh allen start to come on here this offense it's a do or die for them not to be too narrative um you know kansas city's defense has been solid this year we saw some injuries last sunday night uh for them with green bay in bigger games it feels like josh allen starts to use his legs more we saw that against philly uh, when he had nine for 81 and two rushing touchdowns. And that's the separator for me is the rushing upside of Allen versus Mahomes. I am in complete agreement with you. It's Allen if you're going to spend up. I'm probably not going to spend up on this slate. And it's not going to yeah. be Jackson, Stroud, or Herbert, too, because Lamar Jackson's in Baltimore in a game that should be windy and rainy against the Rams. Don't like that. CJ Stroud gets the Jets in New York, one of the best defensive units in the NFL. And Herbert, you know, it seems like it's a half-decent matchup on paper against the Broncos, but the Broncos, as of late, have played much better defense. Their last five weeks compared to their first five weeks, almost two different teams. So the, the season-long stats is a little bit uh, wonky with that team, given how well they've progressed under Sean Payton. Mike, I'll throw it right back to you. Who's the best value or mid-tier quarterback on the slate? Is it just right back to Brock Purdy, or am I missing somebody? Uh, right above him. I think Justin Fields is really, really interesting at 6,800. Uh, Detroit's defense has been getting gashed of us as of late. Yep. They are 29th against the quarterback as far as fantasy points allowed this season. Justin Fields ran for over 100 yards against them. Uh, what was it? Three weeks ago in week 11. Um, you know, I... I think this has the makings of of a Justin Fields to DJ Moore type of week. I I think Justin Fields is definitely in play. And then going down the board, if you want to really save some money at quarterback, Flacco. I'm I'm, I'm kind of into Browning at 5200. That should oh. be a that should be a really fast paced game. The Colts play at one of the fastest paces in the league. Um, and their defense is also on the shakier side of things. It's it's in Cincinnati. I think Chase can eat them up. They've been getting crushed by outside receivers this year, they being the Colts. And, you know, I know it was one game, but he wasn't terrible in the week before Browning. So I think he's certainly a viable play at 5,200 this week. I like that. I did not expect that. I'm also going to throw Flacco into the ring. If he's going to start again yeah. against Jacksonville, I mean, the, the volume of passes is just so high from Flacco. It always, he always throws the ball 40 times. I don't know how <laughs> he reaches there playing for like the Jets and the Browns and the Ravens, these historically very run-heavy teams. Maybe it was a game script last week because they were down a lot to the Rams, but listen, there's some sneaky stack options. If you want to go with Flacco and a GPP, I think it's a uh, 
a good matchup against the Jacksonville Jaguars. So some sneaky options at quarterback. I was listening to some smart football people really talk about how Jake Browning was very impressive. So it's not yeah. just uh, coming off of one game of stats. There's a few weeks of, of tape that shows him to be really good. Let's move over to running back. I think it's pretty obvious you're going Eckler. You you love all of what Eckler's been doing recently? <laughs> <laughs> quite quite the opposite. I I don't I think I've only played Eckler like one week this year. It's just I mean, I know he was hurt for a good chunk of the beginning of the season, but he just hasn't he just doesn't look like he's had it this year. Whole um, Chargers team is wonky. Yeah. Is you know right where I'm going. Is it right? Yeah, it's right. I'm okay. going at the top of the board, though. It's right you back to CMC, nine thousand two hundred. <laughs> There's literally nothing bad we could say about him. I think the one game where he didn't have a touchdown, he sold twenty one point three fantasy points. So, I mean, yes. you're paying nine thousand for it. You're still getting a two x on the value at least. So, it's worth it. It's a divisional game where they're home. They're nearly two touchdown favorites, and you could safely play McCaffrey. Anytime, anywhere. Do you like Kamara? Do you like Kyron Williams? This would be a weekend that, like, the whole Kyron Williams thing is very confusing to me because the volume is so elite, but the defense is going to be tough and the the game script of it being rainy and windy. I don't know if they're just mm-hmm. going to stack the box against him or it's going to go the other way and he's going to get 28 touches and dump-offs and a lot of opportunity. Yeah. I mean, Stafford looked good last week, too. Um, with Puka, you know, Cup is still... That's a mystery, but um, the like you said, the role is elite. I'm a big Kyron guy. Twenty, you know, it was Cleveland last week, so people were scared off of that going against you know the Browns defense. Still, twenty-one eighty-eight and a touchdown on the ground, three catches for twenty-four yards on five targets. So uh, I have no issues going to Kyron. I will probably only be playing two running backs this week, though. So you know, he will be like an option for me if in if I mix in some tournament teams where I don't go McCaffrey. But in a cash game scenario, I'm probably passing and just going down to Zach Moss, not to spoil going no, through it's, the it's, mid- it's the next obvious point. There's quite a few people, yeah. whether it's Zach Moss, Huba Hubbard coming off of his 25 carry, 100-yard performance. Mm-hmm. Uh, Damian Pierce seems to have taken retaken that backfield in Houston. Who else? There's a, I feel like this is the Clyde Edwards Hilaire situation brewing with Pacheco missing a few practices. There's some decent yeah. injury related yeah. values yeah. at the running back positions. How far does Clyde Edwards go? Oh my God. 4,200. Is he the guy or is it McKinnon? If Pacheco's out, I think it's the carries would be CH, I would think. And then just maybe a mix with McKinnon. McKinnon was out last week too. So I don't even know if he's 100% either. So it's, it's definitely something to monitor. Um, the bills have been all right against the run. Not great, not terrible. Um, so they definitely draw some interest for me. If Pacheco were to miss for sure, you can't beat that price. Let me ask you a question. We talked about quarterback. We talked about running back. Let's bring them together. If you were going to play Browning, yeah, I would assume that's more GPP than cash. Uh, I might be okay with it for cash. And all honesty, I'd probably won't go there, but I he's in the pool for sure. Okay. If you were going to go uh, 
Browning in a cash. Are you okay playing Zach Moss in cash? Do you think it's still fine value in both directions Mm -hmm. in what should be a fast-moving game? If you were in a GPP, would you avoid that combination or no? No, I think that's a fine comp because the game script you could tell yourself, right, is Zach Moss goes ham and Cincinnati falls behind a little bit and they have to throw to catch up. That's a fine correlation to make. I probably wouldn't do something like Browning and Mixon together, even though Mixon got some some passing yeah, game passing work, work but, touchdown last week. Yeah, but uh, that's generally not you know what I think of when I think of Joe Mixon. You know, it'd be unique, that's for sure. So if right, like, if you got a take that they're gonna dump the ball off to Mixon, you know, go for it. But that not not something I'm going for. Yeah, you got to find those few spots that you have conviction on in a GPP mm-hmm. and play into them. Uh, I think we covered the main the main guys we need to talk about. So, like, wait on the Pacheco news for CEH because if Pacheco is out at 4,200, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is going to be pretty much a cash lock. It's going to be a pivot point away from the Zach Moss. It even allows you guys to go three running backs and flex one of them. It allows you to go two running backs and play both of these really cheap options and then spend up elsewhere where you could potentially stack a, you know, Josh Allen in a dig situation. So that brings us right perfectly over to wide receiver. Uh, Diggs highest option on the board, 8,800. Keenan Allen continues to be priced in a territory that I will never pay for. Justin Jefferson back in the building. 8,500. Um, you don't normally see this low of a price tag for JJJ, but he's coming back off of a, what is it, a hamstring injury? And yeah. he's got Josh Dobbs at quarterback now, and I don't think we've ever seen him with anyone besides Cousins. So that's going to be a place where you need to have a certain level of conviction. I'm on Ross St. Brown as someone that you know me and Mike love near and dear to our hearts. Uh, if you're mm-hmm. going to be playing that Justin Fields, that reverse stack of Amon Ra, is very juicy. Sign us both up for that. Mike Evans. Woo! Mike Evans been one of the best wide receivers the in job. the league. Just if you think he's having running. another 50-yard touchdown this weekend, you play Mike <laughs> Evans. Jamar Chase makes for a great stack with Jake Browning. Uh, then below that, Nico Collins, Devante, Cop, a few other names that round out the over 7,000 group. But None of them overly stick out to me in the lower 7Ks. Mike, who is your favorite? I'm going to take off Amon Ra because we know that's the answer. <laughs> who is your second favorite spend-up wide receiver? I'm really into Chase this week. I I don't I didn't expect myself to be so into this Bengals offense a week ago, but here we are. Um, I mentioned how we've seen the Colts really struggle with the outside receiver. They've They've done pretty well against the slot guy, but the outside guy, for whatever reason, they just have no answers for. And obviously, Jamar Chase is one of the best in the league at that. doesn't matter who the quarterback is. It's been up and down this year. So, um, you know, 12, 18 targets the past two weeks for him. Turn that into 15 catches, nearly 250 yards, couple touchdowns. So... Jamar Chase for me, and I will make this quick point on Justin Jefferson. Probably not a cash game play, but for tournaments, if you want to go there, it's better to play it a week too early than a week too late because if he goes off this week, 
The ownership's uh, right back where it is. The right? ownership's right back. The price is right back up. So, like, if you told me I was ever going to get Justin Jefferson at 8,500 against the Raiders, I don't like even with Josh Dobbs at quarterback, it's appealing at, in tournaments for, for sure. It's the same thing as seeing Chase at 7,600. It's the same thing as seeing <laughs> yeah. Cooper Cup at 7,400. Little did we expect to see Devontae Never Adams at 7,500. We did not expect to see some of these names and have feelings like, I might just straight up prefer Debo Samuel above all of these guys yeah. or something like that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm with you. I think i go I'm on Rob Justin Fields in a cash game situation. I think at a tournament, it depends on who you're stacking with, and they're all decent options. I mean, these these guys are super talented. They could always go off. Uh, speaking about mid-range, oh, I want to quickly touch on the total of the Colts-Bengals game. It opened at 40. It's up to 44 now. So it's been yeah. one of the highest moving totals towards the over. There's 60% of the handle, which is not that strong of a handle on a side, but having that much movement shows it's a real it was a really sharp side early in the week i don't know if it's now still the right play because four points of movement onto the 44 through the 41 and the 43 and making the 44 push those are majorly key numbers in the nfl but that to move from 40 to 44 bike is a massive massive difference um Let's talk about some mid-tier wide receivers because I got some cheap guys that I really like, but this mid-tier doesn't really scream to me. I love Debo. We talked about DJ Moore. If you're playing into that Justin Fields, a DJ Moore stack definitely works. Calvin Ridley, fine. You got to wait and see if Trevor Lawrence is playing. Ridley Mm -hmm. with the most touchdowns on the Jaguars. Christian Kirk going to be out, so that might be a nice boost. Christian Kirk with the most yards. Evan Ingram with the most reception. So, Hard to know who to play into in that Jacksonville situation. It's made Evan Ingram probably the best value given his price tag and full point PPR of DraftKings usually. But with Christian Kirk out, it might be a Ridley boost. Of course, you're going against Cleveland defense. So make that a GPP type of play. Um, mm-hmm. There's really no one that that sticks out to me. Like no one. Anyone for you? Um. How far are we going down as far as just the six Ks or yeah, like um, like I'm gonna I'm gonna eventually want to talk about you know Drake London and Elijah Moore being decent value options. But okay. I think this whole five K, six K range is like Debo and Debo and DJ Moore, and then I'm done. Yeah, I like Ayuk is certainly interesting too. Yep. Um I think Rasheed Rice shouldn't be overlooked at 5,400. Uh, Is it finally as, the time where they just convert to, to giving him a lot of workload? I I know he, I, the snap, that's why it's a tournament play only. He just doesn't play enough to make a cash game lineup, but 10 targets against Las Vegas in week 12, nine targets last week. He's converted that to eight and eight catches each week, 64, 864-0 last week, 8107 the week before. Um, so it may be starting to trend in the right direction. We typically see rookie receivers that uh, start to come on a little bit later in the year, the ones that don't just come out of the gates hot. I think this is kind of narrative-based. It's like other than those numbers, I don't have a – like his snaps aren't – all the way there is route participation isn't all the way where you feel comfortable, but 
I feel like Mahomes is starting to trust Rice out of out of those guys. Like Sky Moore has been a major disappointment this year. Uh, MVS is just MVS. Um, <laughs> you know, Justin Watson's okay, but he's not. You know, you can't really rely on going to Justin Watson all the time. And Rice looks good when he gets the ball, man. So, um, in this high-scoring affair. Potentially, I think Rice shouldn't be overlooked at fifty four hundred. It's it's a fair pitch. It's it's a price tag that I don't know if I can get behind yet. But that's fair. Just, that's just fair. the snap count and name the the name brand value around some of the other guys. But yeah, it makes sense. I mean, ten targets, nine targets the last few weeks, or eleven targets, nine, whatever it was. The, the when he is on the field, he gets looked at. So it's worthy yeah. of consideration. Is this finally the week where he plays seventy-five to eighty-five percent of the snaps with a ninety-plus percent route run share? Uh, that's when it starts to become very interesting and a huge value. Elijah Moore is mm-hmm. put him in my core four, make him a lock for me. Yeah, pretty easy. I mean, it's going to only be confirmed when Amari Cooper is ruled out. If Amari Cooper ends up clearing concussion protocol and playing this week, I'm going to feel very differently about this point. But with Flacco seeming to be the start, yeah, yeah, I would. Yeah, with Flacco seeming to be the starter, um, I think he's going to get good volume. And I think if you go back to Elijah Moore and Flacco, whether they've been with the Browns in one game sample size or they've been with the Jets, he's had nine targets or more in 50% of the games with Flacco. It just mm-hmm. provides a nice floor in a full point PPR. And then mm-hmm. every time I actually watch Elijah Moore, the same way you were just talking about watching Rashid Rice and it looks good when he gets the ball, dude is in, in, like explosive. Like he's fucking yeah. good. Every time he catches the ball, I'm like, they need to get this guy the ball more often. He can make a big play and he could have a huge game if it fits in store. Agreed. Agreed. I, I still don't even mind it if Cooper's a go. I, He's not yeah. just going to funnel like um, there's not much else to throw the ball to. In, Elijah in Moore runs the easy routes, right? He runs, yeah. he runs over yeah, the flats, the easy he runs routes. The routes, he runs the bubble screens like, and, and then he could, it could really, it could take off. Yeah, he's, he's got one play. Cash game. Yeah. Cash game play for me, for sure. Um, uh, I'd be remiss else? if I didn't mention my boy Josh Downs. I, yep. I, I, I was going to ask him. about Alex Pierce. It's funny that you <laughs> yeah. say Downs. Yeah, I'm I'm a Downs guy. I know it it didn't come through last week. It was it was a Pierce week randomly, but um, you know Downs has been earning a good amount of targets all all year. Um, he only got five last week, but that's still for 4,900 against this Cincinnati defense that it has been struggling against opposing wide receivers. I certainly think Downs is in consideration. I don't know what to make of the Pierce thing yet. Like, was that just a a one-off kind of thing? Because he's done nothing all year. And then he just, yeah, he only had six targets, right? Three for 101. I don't, I think that was kind of fluky. So He's just I, a big play receiver, right? Like he's yeah. the guy who gets the nine routes. He's the one who gets the deep balls. He'll get some end zone shots. And I always, I often say, I listen to people who know a lot more football X's and O's than I do. I'm not watching mm-hmm. a game and immediately being like, oh, they're in nickel defense. Oh, they're in cover, cover right. two. And it's a zone scheme. Like I can't tell those things immediately. Offensive formations a little bit easier. Okay. It's two tight end, two running back. That's 22 personnel. That's pretty easy to see. Um, 
but I don't I don't know football like some of these other guys, and they rave about Alex Pierce, about his mm-hmm. route running, about his about how he can create space, about his contested catches. So I don't know when it's time, but there's going to be a time when we do this pod. Maybe it's next year with Anthony Richardson where it becomes a sneaky option every week. I'll, I'll tell you that. All right. All right. We'll, we'll uh, mark that down. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Save it in the take bin. Let's go over to uh tight end. Kelsey, highest spend on the board, 7,800. If you think you're going Mahomes, if you think this Buffalo KC game is going to be an absolute shootout, if you think Mike's an idiot for liking Rashi Rice because the answer is Travis Kelsey, if you think there's no way Travis Kelsey can go so many games in a row without having a touchdown, what is it? Oh, it's only been three weeks. Well, that's actually abnormal for Travis Kelsey. He normally gets yeah. touchdowns more often than that. Then you go with Travis, but I think it's a little too much, too too juicy for my liking this week. Same with Laporta. Same with Hawkinson. Same with Kittle. Kincaid, I don't understand why he's the fifth tight end on the board. Do you want to? Do you want to go against me now? Any of those spots? Do you like any of the top five tight ends? No, I. And like Laporte is just going to crush me every week like he does. But um, that's just too much for me. Like it's yeah, all of I, I'm, like I, I would love to play Kelsey. But when you stack him and Mahomes, you're, you're just it's not as bad as usual weeks because usually they're both above AK. They're 7.9 and 7.8. So it's not <laughs> a huge savings. But like your average remaining price per player is already below 5,000 just putting those two in. It just makes it really, really tough to build a lineup you feel good about when you add those. Can I can I interest you in a slightly used Kyle Pitts? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, you I you were one of the last on Pitts Island. Yeah, I was, I did, I was I hanging know. on the bandwagon for dear life on the on the Kyle Pitts situation. Uh, I am on Atlanta Falcons this week, so I, I hope that to come into fruition. It is a good matchup against Tampa. You're not right? on the Saints, are you? Uh, I am not on the Saints. You're no. off Saints, too. I'm not on the Panthers. I'm on the Taysom Hill train, but that that's about yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, in, terms of, in terms of playable tight ends, you, you say Pitts. I go more Cole Komet. And I mean, it's a six hundred dollar difference. They're two names apart on the list. I, I was I, kidding about Pitts. I'm not playing Pitts. Okay, cool. Uh, would you consider Komet? <laughs> I'd consider him, especially if I'm Justin playing Field stack. Fields. Yep. Um, I have interest in Likely. At yep. Thirty five hundred. Ooh, this is finally the week. <sighs> I mean. He was on the field a bunch last week. He had six targets, four for 40. It wasn't, you know, it's just, it's a little, like this is the best wide receiver group that he's had to contend with when he's been out there. So that's what makes it a little alarming. But, you know, he's basically another wide receiver. So I I think it could be yeah. What if it's a horrendous rainstorm? Would you pivot or would you play into that thing? Yeah, yeah. If it if it got too too bad, I would I would look like if Dalton Schultz misses again, I have no problem going right back to Brevin Jordan yep. um for 3100 I touted K Otten on Twitter last week and he Me too. promptly airballed. So <laughs> but goose you know, egg. I'd go right I I I think you could go back to him. Falcons stink against the tight end. So um, 
And he, his role's been okay. You know, four for 45, four for 49. Like, he's not going to win you. Like, he's not going to be the reason you win a GPP, but normally he doesn't crush you either. And I think a lot of people are going to see that zero from last week and be like, yeah, no thanks. Um, a bunch of the optimizers are playing either Kate Otten or Gerald Everett, which like, I'd yeah. rather go Otten of the two. I think Everett is, yeah. I, I just can't stomach the Everett stuff anymore. Uh, I, I had him like all last season and enjoyed it. This season's been the exact opposite. Uh, likely is a very interesting, very interesting call because the Rams defense kind of sucks besides the defensive line. So if, yeah. if if it's not a torrential downpour game, I really like that. I would assume it might pop up as a uh, as a kind of optimizer play if if he if it the 20, weather clears. Michael Mayer is also a little interesting. Oh, what's huh? that? I think Michael Mayer is a little interesting too. Uh, yeah. I just know that this Minnesota defense brings so much blitz, and yeah. Aiden O'Connell, rookie quarterback, gonna be looking for his tight end. He gets. Michael Mayer can make big plays and he could also make end zone plays. So it's like a combination of two where you might be paying 2,900 for it. All you need him to do is get eight points for him to really perform with a, with a better ceiling than that too. I mean, the floor is potentially gross, but there is some ceiling to it. Hear that. Hear that. All right. Uh, Defense. Who is your favorite defense on the board? Uh, do I have to? I just I when I looked at this slate ahead of time, I was like, man, the they just don't give you anything. Um, the Browns defense, if especially if Beathard gets rolled in at three thousand, I know we kind of talked about them uh, off air a little bit, but yep. it was it was not a great performance last week against the Rams, but I still think they're one of the more talented defense is in the league. Maybe not. A1. That's a no-brainer mm-hmm. Bethard's playing, right? Even Bethard's yeah. banged up. So I think Trevor Lawrence is really going to try and give it a go because I don't even know if they'd have CJ Bethard. How mobile is he going to be on that ankle, right? Is he going to be yeah, able to Yeah, that's another vulnerability. Yeah. So, uh, and, and I'll tell you this. Miles Garrett is playing this game this weekend for Defensive Player of the Year. I yes. guarantee it. Yes. We just had TJ Watt coming off of a – Thursday night game where the Steeler where he only got not only did he get dinged up a little bit but they're getting crushed on like they're letting up 21 points in the first half to the New England Patriots we're coming off a game where Micah Parsons against Thursday against the Seahawks had to then tweet out the defensive pressure rates did you see that did you see Parsons yeah. tweet out the pressure rates because yeah. clearly he's going for the award too but he they the Dallas defense got kind of shredded and he was like, wait, wait, wait. I just want you guys to know that Geno Smith played really well. It's not just that our defense was still good. It was just Geno is a little bit even better. Uh, this is the game where if, if Miles Garrett balls and has two and a half sacks or a, a sack and a forced fumble, put him well in the lead, make him minus odds to win defensive player of the year. Uh, it's been sure. a dominant season. I've been, I'm on that ticket. I think seven to one or eight to one. I'd have to check, but I absolutely love that bet preseason. Um, Sweet. I felt like a schmuck loving a seven to one future. Like it was, yeah. it was so dumb. Yeah. <laughs> it was so dumb. And I wrote yeah. about it. I was like, I feel like an absolute schmuck. I'm still doing it. Um, so I'm glad I did that. There's a lot of other situations where I've, well, I am truly. We're, we're schmuck. also schmucks who have futures on NFC South division winners. So 
Hey, but it, but we have the Falcons and the Saints, so we're going to win one of them, and they're both plus yeah. money. That's going to come out ahead. <laughs> Last, the other defense that I want to talk about before we wrap it up, Mike, Bears. Yeah. All be Goff's, crazy. Cough's not afraid to have a turnover outdoors. Exactly. In Chicago, yep. in the Windy City, and this Bears defense, whether you like it or not, since they've made the trade to acquire who, Montez Sweat, They've mm-hmm. been really good. They've been putting together some good performances. This whole team is starting to look better. So similar to what we talked about the Broncos before and the Chargers matchup and the Broncos not truly being the matchup on paper that they seem, Bears fit the same mold. And at $2,400, $2,400, second or tied for the cheapest option on the board with the team yep. going against San Fran, which you would never do, this one actually interests me. Yeah, they had nine fantasy point DraftKings points against Detroit in Detroit. So, you know, that, that, that is that a definitely get... GPP type of play where they're probably going to have very low ownership. Oh, for sure. I don't think anybody is going to go to them. Um, yeah. I have I them less than 1% owned. They probably will get a little more than that, but no one's playing them. Um, I think if the Browns get super popular, which I expect, they will. I'm seeing like close to 30% on them. So yep. for tournaments, like just finding an extra hundred bucks and you mentioned how the Vikings blitz a lot. I don't yep. think that the Raiders offensive line is particularly all that good. Uh, if they can get home against Aiden O'Connell five, six times, uh, good value, get force a fumble. Yep. They're not terrible. They're not terrible. They, I know they just got, you know, kind of embarrassingly gave up that last drive to the Bears and whatnot. But, um, yeah, Vikings at 3,100 are certainly interesting to me. Um, I'm so confused about that Raiders offensive line this year. I was yeah. so bought into them at the beginning of the year because, you know, they brought all five starters back from the previous year, yeah. uh, the exact same offensive line that had Josh Jacobs, the leading rusher in the NFL last season. And okay. this year, they're just getting burned through. It's actually very reminiscent of Colts two years ago when Jonathan Taylor was like near MVP candidate. And then the next year, just gashed on the offensive line. And Matt Ryan had l- negative time to throw the ball. Uh, so yeah. I think, yeah, and, you, you could attack this Raiders O-line. And, and they play kind of slow, especially since Pierce has taken over. Um, oh. they, they tend to be in slow game. So... That may be an under spot to that game. So I, I don't know what the line's been moving on it, but. Um, Does Pierce keep the job this offseason or no? I don't think so. Yeah, but either. maybe. Uh, I would, I would stories bet no. are always They're always good stories and they never get the job. Yeah. The, the, the one, if the, the one Raiders where... history tells us anything, he won't. Like, right. If they true. didn't give Rich Passaccia the job, they're not going to give him. That one was is one of the major ones in Steve Wilkes in Carolina last year. Yeah. Like hiring Frank Reich and already firing him when you had Wilkes, who was amazing. And I, where is Wilkes right now? He's working for a team uh, that has a good defense. Uh, he is. Nope. Uh, no, 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 no. Defensive Burns. coordinator for the San Francisco 49ers. Hey, what oh. did we say, right? <laughs> Pretty good defense. God um, damn it, Tepper, you idiot. <laughs> he sucks, dude. Uh, uh, how many coaches does so he many coaches. Three, four? 
<laughs> he's gone through he's i think it's on his third nfl coach or fourth nfl coach and he also owns the mls team there in carolina yeah. and i think they've fired three coaches as well Jeez. so like yeah i mean like you were I also talking yeah, wait wait wait, whole... wait 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 what let me let me bring this full circle mike me and you also right. were talking pre-show about company peoples we don't really love working for david tepper might top the list of all the of all the names <laughs> we suddenly threw out <laughs> oh dude it'd be a nightmare like i get the strategy of if you don't think your coach is the guy getting the guy in but you can't and it doesn't count against the salary cap and it's your money but like you gotta have some patience yeah. or just be better at hiring people like you get one or the other. It's like yeah. when I tell Dylan Brooks to either shoot less or make more uh, pick one. That's <laughs> uh, who ended up winning these NBA games tonight. Did the Lakers win? I don't know. I Did know you choose to watch win. NFL over NBA? Oh yeah. Lakers are crushing. Are they? Yeah. yeah you chose, you chose to watch. Uh, was it only fantasy implications for you to watch new England versus Pittsburgh? Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. yeah. I had an under bet, which is cooked in fantasy, and I and I had no bets in basketball, so I skipped it. And I'm the biggest NBA fan in the world and the biggest LeBron fan in the world, and I still chose to watch the NFL over the NBA. All right, Mike. It is 11 p.m. where you are. Thank you for coming on late. Thank you for being flexible no problem, in the schedule. Mike. Everyone, check out Mike's work on Twitter at mlefem10. He will be tagged yes, in the show description. He also writes great articles which he will tweet them out, and you could click those links. DFS, football, and golf. Of course, I will be – make sure you listen to the – this was part two of the podcast. Uh, part one is best bets of the week. Make sure you check that out if you haven't. And good luck, everyone. Have a great weekend, and we will be back next week. Thank you, Mike. Peace out.